0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted O'Dorico and joining me is LPGA professional Cindy Miller. And we are your hosts. We're broadcasting live every Tuesday morning from nine to ten a.m. Eastern here on the BlogTalkRadio.com network, bringing you some of the best golfers, teacher professionals, and entrepreneurs helping to elevate women's golf. We're so glad you decided to join us this morning, so grab your coffee and let's get started. All right, good morning, everybody, once again, and thank you for joining us this morning here on the Women of Golf. I'm Ted Roderico, and right alongside, of course, is LPGA professional and Legends Tour player Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you? I'm doing very well. It's uh, a beautiful, sunny day. It's cooling down a little bit here in Florida. How about yourself?
0: Yes, it is. It was 56 this morning.
1: Ouch! Yeah, that's a little, that's a little too too cool too quick for my liking. But uh, still a good day. All right, Cindy. We got a great show this morning. We're going to be joined here in just a moment uh, by uh, one of the Symetra players, uh, Haley Harford. Uh, she'll be joining us in a little bit later on. Uh, we're going to welcome back Karen Nicoletti, a uh, great LPGA teacher professional uh, in the ranks, and she's going to be uh, joining us on the second half of the show. But uh, let me remind everybody that the Women of Golf is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips magazine. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing top-quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast. Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine, offering insightful reviews on the latest equipment Tips from Top PJ and LPJ Teacher Professionals, all designed to help improve your game from tee to green. So go today, subscribe at golftipsmag.com. All right, as I mentioned, uh, Cindy, our, our first guest this morning is Haley Harford. Uh, she's uh, with the Symmetra Tour, and she began playing at the age of five. Her dad, of course, introduced her to the game. Uh, some of her amateur highlights, she was a member of Team USA at the 2019 Arnold, pa- uh, Arnold Palmer Cup, excuse me. Uh, She finished tied for seventh at the inaugural Augusta National Women's Amateur. Uh, She's also a four-time All-Southern Conference performer uh, for Furman University. And uh, she also captured the uh, 2019 Southern Conference Player of the Year honors. And she was the recipient of the 2019 Dr. Gary Clark Student Athlete Achievement Award as a senior. So let's welcome our very special guest to start things off, Haley Harford. Good morning.
2: Good morning. How are you guys? Thank you for having me.
0: We're thrilled that you're here.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's one of my first radio shows. Is it?
1: Well
0: Yeah. (laughs)
1: Well well welcome. We're we're gonna we're gonna treat you with kit gloves. Um I'm sorry, Cindy, you were saying (laughs) something and and then it went back. What did you say?
0: Do you want me to start?
1: Yes, I would love for you to start.
0: So Haley, tell us about your rookie year on the LPGA Symmetra Tour. Give us some updates. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely not the year that anybody could have expected. Um, so this is my seventh event of the year, I think it is, um, whereas we were supposed to have about 21 events for the whole year. So um, definitely a bit of an adjustment just with everything that's been going on, but so thankful to be playing again and just be out traveling and kind of taking every tournament and learning and just getting, you know, such great experience out of it. What has been the
0: most difficult part of being out there?
2: Um, I think it's just a, it's just a new lifestyle that you just have to get adjusted to between Um, you know staying in hotel rooms or I stay in Airbnbs a lot um, and just traveling and driving you know eight hours to an event or more Um, and then while you're there just managing your time really well just throughout the whole week to take care of yourself but also um, get used to new courses and new types of grass and uh, the competition is so great I mean Everyone on tour, it could go one week, you know, someone could have a great week, and I think we're all kind of at the same level here, so it's definitely just an adjustment, but I'm, you know, learning from mistakes I make and also taking the good things that I do as well and just building off of it every tournament.
0: You know, I don't think people realize what an adjustment it is to go on the road from week to week to a new event especially your rookie year when you don't know where you're going you haven't played the course before Mm -hmm. everything's so new to you the easiest part of the whole thing is playing golf don't you think
2: oh yeah definitely I mean that's the fun part and it's great to you know be able to just prepare for it all week and then when it's tournament time and the you know the first round starts it's like okay like now I get to just relax and play and have fun and I mean, that's what's great about it, though. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Ted?
1: So, Haley, let me ask you. Uh, we were talking for a few moments off air, and I want to dial it back a little bit before we get into to more modern times. Uh, way back mm-hmm. when, when you were around five years old, you learned to play this game. Who introduced you to the game, and mm-hmm. at what, what point did you sort of say, hey, this is something I'd like to do?
2: Yeah, so my dad introduced me when I was about five years old, and I was just very competitive at the, you know, as a young girl, and I just wanted to be outside playing everything, um, and he had noticed I was athletic, so he's like, I'm going to cut down some old clubs that I have for her, and we didn't have a big backyard at the time, so I just started hitting balls into the woods, and every single time I hit it further, he would move like a, a brick, noticing how much further I was getting as I kind of got better Um, and then as I grew up around eight I would say I started playing in tournaments and just the competition I loved and um, it was so fun to go out there to different courses and to play alongside different girls my age and to just meet people and also golf is just such a challenge Um, so every single time you play you can always improve and so I think I've always just loved the challenge and Um, I started playing in serious events probably in my teenage years, and that's when I kind of gave up all of the other sports I was playing to just solely focus on golf. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I've I've dreamed of playing professional golf since I was a little girl. So to be doing what I am now is definitely a dream come true.
1: So what are your friends? And I'm talking about, you know, your girlfriends that you have back home. Um, Do many of them play golf? Do any of them play golf? And what do they think of what you're doing?
2: Yeah, I mean, I have such a great support system at home. And, you know, I went to school in South Carolina. So at Furman, I have a great support system. And also, my swing coach is in Myrtle Beach. And I've met people there. And I play alongside women there, too, that I've gotten to know. Um, So I definitely have my golf friends and then some friends that I just grew up with. But the amount of support that I've gotten from all of them is great. And I think it is hard to understand kind of like Cindy was saying, just the lifestyle that we endure and, Mm -hmm. you know, how I'm just gone all the time. And like, as a teenager, I didn't have the same kind of life as other girls that I was friends with who, you know, weren't traveling throughout the summer as much as I was. Um, But yeah, I think it's, I think it's cool. And they definitely are amazed by what I do.
1: Well, and, you know, on, on the upside of that, though, is you make a lot of, and, or you will make a lot of new friends who have something in mm. common with you while you're out at tour. I mean, one of the things that we hear a lot of the other young ladies uh, from the Symmetra that come, you know, on the program, um, they've made a lot of new friends uh, who obviously play golf. And, yeah, they're competitive with one another out in the golf course, but off the course, they like to get together and do some fun things. So you've kind of got a new crop of or, or more friends shall we say uh, out on tour so let me just ask you um just to sort of piggyback off of something cindy was talking about um sort of experiences out on tour now um one of the differences obviously when you were at Furman, of course you were playing on the team so even though you're playing mm-hmm. individual uh competition you had that sort of again that sisterhood if you will on a team that's you know sort of built-in support system um What's the big difference? How have you handled it on your own? Because now everything is up to you. You don't have the team to, to travel with. You don't have the team to, to support you there. You're out there by yourself. What do you do to say when things are down out in the golf course? What do you say to sort of pick yourself up and get refocused?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it that is just part of the huge adjustment is like, I went from a team and with two great coaches who were always there and always kind of guiding us and helping us travel and, you know, navigate each course and make sure that we were fed properly. And now I'm kind of thrown back into it on my own. So (laughs) it's definitely different. And I kind of have to just learn from those experiences and um, kind of plan out each trip and what I'm going to do, what I'm going to eat, how I'm going to play each course and, I've just, like, learned so much, though, throughout college golf that prepared me for this, um, that when I am out there and, and things start to kind of not go so great, I I kind of know, okay, like, keep, keep your patience, like, just keep going, and um, obviously, like, most of the time I have a caddy with me, and one of the biggest things is, like, in between shots, I just like to you know, have fun and be able to talk about other things other than golf. And I think that really Mm. calms me down a lot, too, when things maybe aren't going my way.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, um, and I may be wrong on this, but, Cindy, I think we've had a few other uh, young ladies from Furman. So there's obviously a a bit. (laughs) Of a group out sure. on the Smith. Um, is that right, Haley? I think there's some others from Furman out there. So you got kind of your own pack out there from Furman yes. uh, to help uh, yes. cheer one another so, yeah. on, uh, mm-hmm. even though you're even though you're c- competing against one. Because I think some of the recent ones we've had on this year, I think there were a couple of others that were from Furman. Um, Cindy, go ahead. So,
0: what what would you say to someone who likes golf? who mm-hmm. plays a bunch of other sports and thinks they want to play college golf and possibly play on the tour, what mm-hmm. age do you believe they need to make a decision to commit to golf and not the other sports?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I definitely think it's, it's great to grow up playing other sports, um, and I think it's just good to be athletic and competitive. But for me, like I said, I gave up. Um, I played soccer up until probably high school, and then that's when I was like, okay, I mean, the risk of injury was too great, and I knew that golf is what I wanted to do, and I wanted to play college golf, so I kind of had to give that up just before high school. Um, I would definitely say for your high school years, if, if that is your goal is to play college golf, and maybe even further, that you you might need to dedicate your time to golf and to tournaments outside of high school and to just prepare yourself for that, um, that stepping stone. But it's all, it's all individual. I mean, it's all based on the person as well, though, too, because some people, uh, it might be nice to play something else, you know, but if if it's all about your time management with golf is, Golf is such a game that people don't realize how much time you have to dedicate to it. Um, like that, you know, we have to spend hours on end trying to improve little things.
0: <laughs> it, it, yes, we do, don't we? <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> boy, do we ever! Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So let so. me ask you a question, because it's difficult, and you mentioned that you stay in private or at, at hotels and you do Airbnbs. Do you have a sponsor? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so um, I do have people helping me out, and just kind of, especially throughout my first couple years, just to get started. Like I said, I have a a lot of people from home who are supporting me, Um, so that definitely helps pay for some of those expenses, Um, especially this year, because usually we're able to stay in host housing at events, but because of the virus, um, Mm -hmm. that's not an option this year, so we kind of have to, you know, find our own place to stay, and like this week I'm I'm sharing a house with two other girls, so that definitely helps to just be around other people but also kind of split the cost there um and be able to cook your own meals instead of eating out all the time. <laughs> but um I do have like my equipment sponsors as well that helps me have everything I need when I'm playing or you know, what to wear, what balls to use. So that's helpful.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> What is the best part of your game?
2: Um, ball striking has always been the best part of my game. Um, I would say my iron play, and I I'm a pretty straight ball striker, so off the tee I'm typically never straying too far from the fairway. <laughs> so I wow. definitely would say that most most of my time spent is on improving my short game. But I think that a lot of professionals can probably say that because it's all in the the short game.
0: So, you know what, let's pretend that you've got a a young person, boy or girl, that's listening to this. Mm -hmm. Why do you say it's so important to
2: have a good short game? Well, I mean, short game, you have to know, like, if you miss a green, you're able to get up and down and get par or... um, maybe take those opportunities to maybe get birdie or just to be able to two putt and get in for par. Um but it, it it could always be something that you could easily three putt a green, you know, and those strokes after you look at your round are adding up and you're like, oh man, if I just had one less putt there, you know, like if that lag putt would have been closer, if I wouldn't have missed that short putt, you kinda can go back and be like, oh wow, like they add up quicker than you think. <laughs> But, um, yeah, it's always, like, you have to know that your game, if your hitting's off a little bit one day, that you can kind of get up and down and kind of pick up your score with your, your wedges and your putter. You just
0: made a comment in passing. When you review your round...
2: Mm-hmm. And, and,
0: you know, what's so funny is we teach an awful lot of kids, which is why I'm asking you all these questions. My husband and yeah. I both played on tour for a long time. And so I, I try to stress to them how you really have to commit to wanting to get better. And it doesn't just happen mm-hmm. overnight. And, and like I had a dad text me last week, oh, he's playing terrible. He played better two years ago when he was a freshman. And I said, well, how many fairways, greens and putts and penalties? Well, I don't know. I said, mm-hmm. well, he needs to reach out. You know, again, you have to evaluate and look in the mirror after every single round you play, don't you? And say, oh wow, yeah. I could have found a shot here, a shot there. I was watching the telecast this past weekend, and they said, can find one shot around in a four-round tournament over a year's time span.
2: That's huge. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So talk to us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like in college, I think that definitely helped me a lot. Um, We used birdie fire, which is a stats keeping system. And my coach was really big on us after every single round, putting in our stats and just reviewing our round and seeing like after an event, okay, where can I improve before we go to the next event? Like how many putts did I lose? Or, you know, where in my irons was I not playing the best? And I think that kind of helps me now because when I am out here on my own, after every round, I have to go back and be like, okay, how many fairways did I hit, and um, how many putts, and, and this kind of, and that. So I think it's really important to um, maybe start that at a young age, just after your round, looking at that, and and just like you know, little things like, okay, this is where I can improve upon for next time.
0: Absolutely,
2: Ted.
1: Very interesting. Some great advice for our young listeners. Um, so I see here also, um, Haley, that you volunteer at the uh, Classic Swing Golf School in Myrtle Beach. Um, tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about what you do there and is do you think down the road after you've had your successful uh, LPGA career that uh, maybe teaching is going to be in your blood a little?
2: Um, it could be. I'm, I'm not sure, but I definitely enjoy it and yeah, Classics Wing Golf School is where I, I work with Ted Frick, who is the owner of that school, and I've been seeing him for about 10 years now. Um, so I spend a lot of time when I'm not at events just down there working with him, and they have an awesome youth program, and they have a lot of members, too, that they hold clinics every month. So whenever I'm there, I try and, you know, be a part of the clinic and just go talk to the members and kind of give them tips if I can. And then um, one of my good friends, Stephanie King, is an LPGA instructor there. And she um, works with LPGA Girls Golf, and she also does U.S. Kids um, camps throughout the summer. So whenever I'm there and she needs an extra hand, I definitely help her. And have gotten to know the, the girls a part of that program, and it's just so fun to see them every, you know, every time I'm there and see how they're improving, um, each time. So it's cool that I can see one kid one summer and then the next summer I'm like, oh my gosh, like he has really improved and that's just like so cool to see. Um, but yeah, I enjoy it and I definitely wouldn't rule it out. I just love to be around, um, promoting the game for future generations.
1: Well, one of the nice things about golf, unlike many other sports, is you can play well into your golden years, um, whether it's Mm -hmm. competitively or or even for fun. Um, So you've got lots of golf left uh, in in your life. But, uh, you know, I think it's always important. And and one of the, the things that, you know, Cindy and I have talked about many times on the show is just how much many of the members of the LPGA organization Uh, especially some of the, you know, many of the players, how much they give back to things like charity and, and, you know, US uh, LPGA, USGA girls golf programs and U S kids golf and so forth. So I think it's great to to be involved uh, in organizations like that and, and helping out and, and also giving some of these, you know, uh, young girls an opportunity to see that, you know, anything is possible if you're willing to put a little work and, and, um, you know, put some effort into it that you can do just about anything that you want to do. And I think it's some great lessons that are being learned. So if you were going mm-hmm. to give, if you, were, if you were in a pro-am and you had some some uh, amateur partners with you and saw that they were struggling, what's one tip that you would give them to help make it a more enjoyable day for them?
2: Oh, man. Uh, well, and I know, there's, I know there's a lot of
1: tips that you could give. I know there's a lot of tips. Yeah, I mean,
2: (laughs) (laughs) I guess it depends what they're struggling with. Um, Most of the pro am formats that I've played in this year have been a scramble, so it's nice that um, we can kind of just take the best ball and they can go from there. So if they have a bad shot, you know, I'm always encouraging them. Hey, brush it off. Like, let's you know, let's go to the next one or. I mean, there's sometimes if I do see them doing something noticeably in their swing or they're trying to analyze something too much, I might try and help them with that just to kind of get them on the right path of um, hitting it again. But I definitely think it's, it just depends on the person and always keeping it in the fairway and uh, advancing the ball in the, in the short grass is a big tip I could give. But in a pro-am format, you have your partners, so... <laughs> Hopefully right. someone's putting it
1: out there. Do you think that some of the common things that many amateurs struggle with, number one being overthinking the process a little bit, they think too much when they're out in the golf course yeah. um, and kind of get themselves, you know, bollocked up, if you will. And then the other thing I think that, you know, we see a lot of times is the under club. Um, you know, mm-hmm. if they've got a 150 yard shot, they for some reason think they can pull out, their wedge or or some ridiculous club that's not going to get them there is that something pretty common that you see as well
2: yeah definitely i mean my boyfriend started playing a few years ago and i still have to tell him like hey don't overanalyze what you're doing like you know that's what you do on the range when we're out here playing just try and relax and just take it one shot at a time and just just swing try not to you know because when you start thinking about too much that's when your body becomes stiff and You're trying to do too many things. You're trying to guide the ball and that most of the time never works out well. Um, But yeah, I definitely think if you just relaxed and kind of left the, you know, the swing thoughts maybe on the range.
1: Well, that's a good, yeah, that's a good uh, bit of advice as well. I think what happens with a lot of amateurs um, when they get into a pro-am format is they feel like they have to perform. They're playing against, you know uh some great players uh, on out on tour um and they feel like they've got to perform and bring their best games because they don't want to look foolish and especially mm-hmm. the boys the boys tend to be worse than the girls um where they figure okay i've got i've got to be able to bomb it out there or i'm going to look you know bad and they just you know yeah. do all kinds of, of crazy things so um relax i think um you know don't overthink the process, I think would be some, some good advice. So what are you doing this week? What are you going to work on? You've got a, um, you've got a practice round today and, and uh, you're going to be starting Mm -hmm. this tournament on Thursday. What's going to be your focus coming into this event?
2: Yeah. So I did one practice round yesterday already. So today's kind of just a day where I'm going to, you know, practice on the range for a bit, spend some time on the putting green, just getting used to the speed of the green, um, and then I might just do like nine holes today and then tomorrow I'm actually playing in the pro am, So I'm looking forward to that. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, and I'll just be able to see the course again and kind of put my plan into action a little bit before I start on Thursday. But um, I think the course that we're playing requires you to think your way around the course, meaning there's some shots where you might have to place in a spurt, certain spot in the fairway or coming into green um you know getting a good placement so i'll definitely spend some time just looking over my yardage book today and just trying to get a good game plan of what what i want to hit off of each tee and kind of where i want to put the ball
1: i think that's some great advice well for somebody that said in the beginning of the interview that this was her first uh on-air interview uh you did it like an old pro so uh, <laughs> congratulations you did very well wouldn't you agree cindy
0: I would agree. And Haley, I have one last question. Okay. I'm looking at your Twitter profile and <laughs> I see that you say professional golfer, Furman university, Jeremiah 29:11, And I happen to know that it goes through 14. So, and that's one of my favorite verses. So can you tell us why you have that on your Twitter profile?
2: Um, Well, my faith has always been very important to me um, throughout my life, and that is one verse that my mom has always told me when I start to worry too much about the future, and especially now, like, when I'm out here, you don't know what the future holds. So if I can just remind myself that God's got a plan for my life and that I just need to put all of my trust in Him, that really gives me a lot of comfort. Mm -hmm. So true.
1: So true. Well said. (laughs) Very well said. Well, Haley, we want to thank Thank you you very much for joining us this morning. And we're going to be praying that you win this week because we'd love to have you come back next (laughs) week as our winner uh, off of this event. So go out there. Yeah, then that would be your second interview. Um, So have a good week. uh, Practice hard. And uh, just enjoy it. Have fun. That's number one thing is go out there and have fun and uh, play your heart out.
2: Of course, thank you guys so much for having me. It was a lot of fun.
1: Good luck, sweetie. All thank right. bye you. Bye. All right, that was Haley Ray Harford's um, young symmetra Pro rookie this year. So that's our second rookie that we've had. It's nice to get some of some of uh, the new young ladies that are uh, up and coming, and that. And what a great personality too, don't you agree?
0: Agree. Totally agree.
1: And just and she's very got her head on right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I don't know I what noticed? it is. What's that? I
0: noticed, I think these kids, young women, are more prepared for the professional life, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe it's because they played junior golf so long and they got to play in so many tournaments. They're kind of like, ho hum, I'm just going to go play. <laughs> I'm not going to think yeah. a lot. You know, and I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, do I have enough money to play? And, you know, they aren't, they don't appear to be as worried. Um, right. Because I believe they've got everything in place, which has got to make being able to play a lot easier. It's easier to pull the trigger when you know you have ammunition.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and they are. They're, they're much uh, well-rounded, better balanced, I think. Uh, and and I think even better prepared. But again, that just is a testament to all of the wonderful coaches out there, um, especially at the collegiate level, that are pre- and and junior levels that are preparing these young ladies, um, you know, for a life out on tour or or just a life in golf in general. Um, and and it's a testament to the LPGA organization. There's a lot of great uh, present company included. You know, you do a fantastic job, uh, Cindy. Um, you know, with so many, especially the young players coming up in that that you know, want to pursue, um, you know, their it's, if you will, just as you did in your career. And I think it's, it's important. And, you know, I I don't know what it is, but, and and I'm, I know this is going to sound a little bit biased being in the golf industry myself, but there is something about golf that I think is very maturing. Um, Because if you listen to over the last several years, Cindy, since we've done uh, this show and we've had the fortunate uh, opportunity to interview some of the, uh, many winners, of course, and, and others off of the Cemetery Tour, they're, they're so darn smart. It's scary because I wasn't that smart at that age, let me tell you. I can,
0: well, that's I what tell I'm saying. That. They're so mature, yeah. and they get it. And I wasn't that smart.
1: <laughs> no. I mean, my, you know, when I was probably a little bit younger, but, uh, you know, my, my parents had to basically come in and kick the end of the bed and say, come on, get up. It's noon. Um, So yeah, no, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) you you know what I'm talking about, but, um, but anyways, all right. Um, Very great. We're going to wish her well, of course. And and I think she's got a a very promising future and and I'm excited to, uh, I'm always excited with, with any of the girls that we have on, but particularly the newer ones, because they're just so full of energy and they're just excited about being out there and they're very humble and very, you know, feel very honored to be able to be out there and compete uh, and place a game that they enjoy so much. So, Uh, On that note, let's uh, bring out our next guest. Our next guest, of course, has been on the show a few times before, and uh, she's uh, a a great LPJ teacher professional and a member of the Proponent Group, uh, which is a premier network for elite instructors. Uh, Of course, I'm talking about Karen Nicoletti. Cindy, let's welcome her.
0: Good
3: morning, my friend. Good morning. Early morning for me. I'm in Las Vegas, Nevada. You are. I am, I was out here for the PGA Tour event, knowing my husband Caddy's out here, are out on the tour, so I'm out here for a couple weeks because we have the Asian events that have moved, you know, two of them the week after here in, um, out at Shadow Creek and then out to California. So my mother lives out in California, so I am calling you at 6.30 in the morning in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada.
0: Well, good girl Mm. for getting up early to talk to us. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I would get up early
3: for talking to both of you anytime. And I, what a great, great young girl that was just on. And um, it kind of led me, was thinking about what I was going to talk about today and what I wanted to talk about and what a good state the game um, women's golf is in right now. You know, after mm-hmm. watching the KPMG and just, mm-hmm. you know, listening to you, Cindy, first of all, you were absolutely right. You hit the nail on the head when it comes to. Cindy, you are such an example for so many young girls coming up today. And and I know yeah. that you are the reason a lot of these girls think the way they think. It's people like yourself who leave this game in such a great state. And that I think anybody that's come into your presence, Cindy, has and is wants to be a golfer, you tell them like it is. And um, I think that's what these young girls need. There's a lot of people out there that – have this fairyland of what the, the what golf is like, and we know that it's not the easiest game to get
0: to the top. Mm-mm. Wow. Yeah.
1: So, I was say, do you, do we want to end good, it right there, Cindy?
0: Give us the example of how your husband's player played last week.
3: Uh, he made the cut, played really, really well. Um, he had the bogey, let's put it this way, They're playing for a lot of money. He bogeyed seventeen and eighteen, and it cost him eighty thousand dollars.
1: Oh,
0: wow! Wow is right. uh, Yeah. Well, that'll make. So let me let me tell you this. Again, you sometimes. Well, when you play golf, here's why I love the game. Because I don't care if you're rich or poor, if you're black, you're white, you're red, you're blue. I don't care what color you are. The game. No one's exempt from the lessons the no. game teaches so because it's the level playing field. And the better you get, or the better you want to get, the more you have to be willing to look in the mirror, which what you just said is he bogeyed 17 and 18 and it cost him $80,000. That's a big deal. Now the catch is, did you and your husband look in the mirror and say that, or did he say that himself?
3: He, he said that himself. He actually was here Sunday night for dinner, um, you know, he's learning. He's 23 years old. Yes, is he good? Yes, has he been on the stage, big stage before? He played for the University of Alabama. And he just said, you know, every day still is a learning lesson out there for him. You know, if you go back and look hole by hole, in, in the back nine, he had six birdies on the back nine and bogey 17 and 18. So Six birdies on happened, the last round? Uh, on the back, uh, yeah, he had eight total. On the wow. back, or more than that, maybe he might have had seven on the last nine. Yeah, he had a double, and he had two bogeys, but he had quite a few birdies. So he loves Sundays. Um, we always laugh about that. We he he just for some reason plays very very well on Sundays. So that's a good thing. We just got to get him um, to play well on moving day. And I mean, he, he's a great player. I have no, I have all the faith that he's going to do well. I just love my age, Cindy. You know. I love these kids getting excited about playing golf, and I wish when I played golf professionally on tour, we played for the kind of money that they play for now, but I still love it. I'm a golf geek. I watch it women's, men's, seniors, you name it, I watch it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. All right, Ted, you can talk now. We'll let you.
1: All right. (laughs) (laughs) No, listen. I could sit here and listen to the two of you all, all uh, morning long. No, you know, uh, Karen, you know, you, you raise a, a great point, that, you know, about some of the young guns, if you will, coming up is they just, you know, they've, they've obviously got the energy and that and enthusiasm and they just, they, they don't let anything, they don't seem to have any barriers, even though realistically we know there's always hurdles and that to get over with, but they just go out there and, and you know, as the young lady that was on um, previous to you, you know, she just goes out there and she, she knows what she's got to focus on. She's very well disciplined. And even though it's her rookie year on uh, the Smetra, she just goes out there with and gives it everything she's got. And she was taught very well at, at school. Um, so I, I want to wrap this around from, from the lesson T, if you will. As an instructor, I want you to talk a little bit about that and, you know, maybe give some tips for, for those listening on what they need to do and really how to take a lesson. Because it's not just a matter of showing up, you know, pulling the car up in the parking lot and jumping out with your clubs. You really need to be engaged as well. So what would be some tips that you would give some of our listeners out there um, on on how they should uh, prepare themselves for a lesson?
3: Well, first of all, I want to start that with, you know, I worked for, at one point I worked for a top 100 instructor in the country. And I think one of the things I learned from this gentleman was It's okay to interview your pro that you take a lesson from. You know, I think you should, they interview, a good professional will ask you what your goals, uh, immediate goals are, what your future goals are, and I think that you need to find out, the person that's teaching you, are they right for you? That's the first thing I need. I think there's a lot of people that don't mesh back and forth. I'm extremely right-brained, someone that's extremely analytical, probably isn't They would take lessons from me, but mine might not be their perfect fit for them. So first of all, I think anybody looking for a lesson should find their perfect fit. Second of all, I think what are your expectations? What what do you want to achieve? And I think that's a big mistake amateurs make is they have these expectations of lowering their handicap, but don't want to put in the work. So I think once you set your expectations and you know what you want to achieve, I think you have to figure out where your weakness is. And I, and I think Cindy would agree, you know, people work on their drive all day long, you know, because they like to see it go up and far, mm-hmm. but you know, short game is a big, is a big uh, stroke saver. So we have to figure out where the weakness is. I mean, if you're a great short game player, then and your driver's always in the trees or in the rough, you know, I think setting up a plan. And I think that's why these young golfers are so successful. And we do have to give credit to some of the great coaches that are out there that are preparing them for, um, you know, it takes everything from nutrition to, that's what we, I didn't have at least growing up. And is that I, you know, I didn't think of the whole package. I just thought of the game. And I think today the difference between when I grew up and And what's growing up now is it's their, um, you know, the exercise, the physical part of your body, what it can take, you know, what you should, the nutrition, what you're eating out there, your stamina. And um, I think you you just have to, at every level, whether it be a tour player or the lady that wants to play in the nine-holers or the 18-holers, I think the tip is first is to figure out what you want to get better at and you know give yourself hopefully your instructor gives you some great drills to get there and you know i think the most important is that if there's instructors out there listening is being straight up and honest with their student and what it's going to take for them to achieve their goal
1: yeah i think that's uh, i think that's some great advice all the way around so let me ask you another question um sort of keeping on that theme a little bit if you had a a student of yours and I'm sure you've had many that have you've had a similar conversation with, um, came to you at some point and said, you know what, I think I've got a pretty good game. I want to take it to the next level. Maybe it might be the next level could be, you know, collegiate golf, um, or maybe they're playing collegiately now and they want to, you know, give themselves an opportunity to get on tour. What's that conversation going to be like with you?
3: How much time do you want to put into your game?
1: How much, um, how much g- give time us the short, do you short Give us the shorter and... version. <laughs> Just give us the short.
3: Um, you know, I think that uh, expectations versus reality. I, I do. I think that conversation with me would be, all right. Let's see where we. You know, where do you want to go with it? You know, do you want to play Division One? Do you want to play? You know. A, I find what happens, and I've seen it firsthand, unfortunately, is that people, I can say it again, are real about their expectations. And, you know, right now for these young boys that, you know, they say that they want to play on the PGA Tour, my answer is, can you shoot in the mid-60s now, I used to say high 60s, I'm going to say low 60s now, can you shoot that on a regular basis? You know, can you go that low? That's how good those guys are. You know, girls, yeah. it used to be, you know, even par. I remember women saying, oh, if you can shoot even par, you can make the cut on the LPGA. Well, you know what? That's not the case anymore. You're getting younger and they're getting better and they're being prepared more. That you, if you want, a perfect example is I had a young lady just playing the KPMG professional and I've worked with her before and she, she had a great time, didn't play so well, but she learned from it that, you know, she was actually thinking about, you know, maybe instead of going down the teaching route, she had game. And, you know, she was thinking about possibly trying for her PGA or her LPGA tour card. And I said to her, what are you thinking now? She's like, I'm rethinking it. That um, is they're They hit it a long way out there. The courses are a lot longer than I'm used to playing. So when she's shooting, 66 67 she might be shooting that on a 6100 6200 yard course out there on tour it's getting a lot longer so you know right. what you, you know going back to them is is really expectations versus reality is is what do you what are you willing to put in and what do you want to achieve and if if they want to become an LPGA pro then i i personally would probably call somebody like Cindy <laughs> Who would say, mm-hmm. you know, Cindy, I've got this student. I'm not afraid to ask other instructors. I've got this student. You know, where do you think her first priority should be in in wanting to get her LPGA card?
0: Yeah. You know what's funny? It's funny that you say that because um, Alan and I are lucky. We have three beautiful children, and only one of them really likes playing, and he played at Augusta State. You know, we won a, a college tournament against Webb Simpson. He tried to play on tour. He misqualified him by a shot. He got in a boating accident. And then he said, you know what, it, it, this is terrible, and I shouldn't say this in public, but he says, I don't want to be dead when I'm 38 years old and never have a job and not know what to do. <laughs> he said, you know, and Alan played professor, I tour you the master five times, right? So Jamie says, I want to use my degree. And and so he's got a degree in finance. He now works at UBS. He's a financial advisor, right? He's got a plus three handicap, and he's in Washington D.C. playing at Trump National D.C. with thirty-two guys from Pine Valley this weekend.
1: So it's oh, not yeah, that life
0: isn't bad, right? Right. And he was on a private jet going to you know National Golf Links and and what's it called Shinnecock last two weeks ago, right? So it, right. it's not bad. Mm-hmm. But we've got a young girl that we teach who wants to play on tour, who graduated from college a year and a half ago, who can't qualify because there's no qualifying school. So Jamie is, is more rude than me. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> or more hey, who did she learn from? <laughs>
0: hey. Hey. But he said to her, you don't have a prayer. You don't hit it long enough. You got to yeah. get over it. So. Long story short, she's been working out, and I'll be damned if she hasn't gained like 30 yards. And he's it's even said to her, Holy cow, your weight. So, so the point is, she's going to use this downtime, right? You could go, Oh, I can't qualify. Oh, I can't do this. Stop whining and go get better. And she has. And she finished semifinalist of the Western Amateur. You know, she just finished third in a big tournament in Atlanta. You know, amateur tournaments, right? So she's seeking, where can I go play that I can test what I'm doing and be willing to fail? So that is the huge part. You have to be willing to fail. you got to go learn how not to choke. i got another young girl who doesn't want to play in a certain amateur tournament in a certain state because she says, well, I haven't played for a while. I don't want to put a big number on the board. I'm like, what? Did you just say that out loud? You need to go do the big number, look in the mirror, and figure out how to fix it. You know, again, when I wanted to play on the Legends Tour, I played on the Symmetra Tour, and everybody looked at me and said, is your daughter playing? I'm like, shut up, it's me. I mean, you've (laughs) got to be willing to fail. So,
3: You know, you say that one of my favorite quotes of all time from Dalai Lama is, success is failure turned inside out. And you are yeah. so right, you have to fail, and you know I think, and that 's interesting. you know what I, I think why my name, Karen Nicoletti, isn 't as big as cindy miller, and i I broke every record there was to to break when I was a junior golfer, I won the junior world two years i Everybody was looking at me, yeah, I came from San Diego, California, where I wanted to surf and boys got in the way and I didn't really put my mind to the LPGA and there was a lot of people that were very disappointed in me but I just didn't have that drive at the time but I'll tell you I look at these these young girls someone like the problem was I thought I was so good and then I realized Cindy and I tell all my students this and I'm working with a young boy who's going to college and he wants to be he wants to try the PGA Tour and I said you got to be careful because I was number one in San Diego, but I forgot there was a Heather, my day, a Heather far in Scottsdale, Arizona, right behind me. There was Mm -hmm. one of me in every state and I wasn't really informed. You know, I, it's not my job as my coach to tell me that, but I learned that very quickly that, you know, as good as I thought I was, (laughs) that wasn't so much the case because all across the, so I love to hear you tell these girls, get out there and go play, go out there, fail, 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 fail. You're got to, I don't know about you, but when I play bad and somebody gives me a hard time about it, it just motivates me more to get out there and kick some butt even more. I, don't tell me I can't do something because I will, I will show you differently. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: So again, I, I feel like it, it's there. You don't fail. You learn. So if you can change your mindset to go, oh, I can't do this. You know, you can't say that. You have to say, what did I just do? Which, on our on our last guest, Haley, I said, you know, you evaluate your round. You look at the numbers and you say, holy cow! Just like you just said, your your husband's player. Uh, said, wow, I bogeyed 17 and 18, it cost me $80,000. You have to be willing to look in the mirror and not to downgrade yourself or browbeat yourself. It's to say, how can I get better next time? And what What can I do? wrong? Was I thinking about the results? And here's the other thing. Beginner golfers are trying to hit the ball and old golfers are trying to control where the ball goes or to control outcomes. You can't control the outcome unless you control you. So then if you control you you can, you know, control the outcome.
3: Absolutely, you know, and that's so important to talk about you. Know, we talk we're talking a lot about Symmetra and PJ tour players, but I tell and and you know, I get in here on, on talking about the average club club member or public golfer for instance you know i always i love it you know these ladies come and they jump they're playing in a a big tournament for them i'm all excited they get there five minutes before their tea time they put their shoes on on the first tee they still have their coffee in hand they tee the ball up it goes nowhere or in trouble and they the first nine they're playing in their ladies club championship or something and their first nine they shoot 54 now this golfer is a 10 handicap they turn around they shoot 38 on the back side. and you and you look at them and i said okay well let's talk about this a little bit think you were warmed up by the time you got to 10 i mean so again setting what you want to achieve if you are i'm so bad at chipping karen you know in my clinics that i give you know why are y'all here today well you're here because you want to get better right well how many of you, you know, where would you say your weak? My golf schools. What what is your weakness? Oh, chipping. Okay, chipping. And um, what do you chip with? What is a chip? Uh, that's what I get. And until you know what you're trying to execute, it's pretty hard to do. And and that's what I love about golf. Is it fascinates me that all these people. And I and I'll say, how long have you all played golf? And I said, this isn't to put you down. This is to say, look, I've got eight people staring at me. I ask the difference between a chip and a pitch, and I get eight blank stares, and you guys have played golf. All of you have played golf 15 years plus. So that's not your fault. Maybe that's an instructor's fault. Maybe I'm going to take blame that we haven't explained it good enough to you. But if you don't know, you know, to all the listeners out there, if you don't know, first of all, there's no stupid question. We, we're not mind readers. You've got to be able to tell us what you want to achieve. You've got to know what you want to achieve to get an outcome. And I, I think every day in my teaching and golf schools, I I tell this story real quick, if you don't mind that I, I worked. at I was so insulted one year. I was a pro at New Orleans Country Club, private club, beautiful club for years. And two of my favorite ladies and and couples I used to go to their house and have a couple glasses of wine with them and for Christmas the husbands bought them a three-day David Ledbetter golf school and I was just devastated like that's kind of an insult like am I not good enough or I'm not a big name and so they went and I came back and it was super interesting I'm like so what'd you guys learn and they just kind of, not a whole, everything you said, you know, okay, great. And then I said, they, it was interesting. They were sitting at the cocktail party at the end of the golf school, and one lady says, did you understand what the other, the the man was saying about drawing the ball or what the path was? And the one lady goes, no, I didn't understand at all. And then the other lady at the table goes, what did you, did you understand? No, I didn't. So the entire group of ladies that were sitting there having drinks after the school was over, after their husband paid five grand or whatever it may be, is they were going away with not really knowing what the instructor was talking about. So for all those listeners out there, if you don't understand and someone's, there's a lot of people, as you know, Cindy and Ed in this business that like to use big words and a lot of people makes them look good, right? There's a lot of people that Golf is so complicated itself that we have to you know, the sign of a good teacher is to be able to communicate in in your students world is is what I would say. Come hmm. home <laughs> Yeah. Well I mean I mean what do you think? I mean I, I, would you agree with me? I mean I, that might sound harsh, but it's true. I, I feel like people are trying well, to get better again, in the game of golf. So let but they don't know what they're working on.
0: Correct. So part of that comes from us being able to interview and review with them, you know, where, why are you here? What do you want? What have you tried? Why is it not working? And what's going to happen if you don't start working on your game? And, and I agree with you. I've had people say, oh, I'm going to the, you know, Dave Pell short game school. I'm like, okay, now maybe (laughs) you just want to get out of town and, and you want to you want to go to a resort, but don't think because you're paying a lot more money that you're going to get a lot more out of it. And that's not to put Dave Pelz down at all. Right. right, Right. I know. But I think sometimes they feel like the expert lives out of town and has a suitcase and a briefcase. Right. And that's mm-hmm. not always the case. So the first thing, like you said, is you got to interview the golf instructor. And if you're not working with somebody that makes, to you and you can communicate with and uh, then you got to find somebody else but if if you are working with someone that helps you then pay attention to what they say and ask questions when you don't understand right you know and I think I get a blank stare a
3: lot of times because you know I've asked you know you ask you interview your student you know how long you've been playing golf have you had golf lessons before blah 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 and you're just getting to know and gain some rapport with them and, and you would be shy I said you know when I tell people if I'm not right for you or I say something that you don't understand, please let me know. And when I say interview their instructor, the look on their face is, is dumbfounding. I mean, the look that they give me back is like, I should ask somebody that's certified questions and, and I'm that girl that says yes. And um, I think it's very, very important that we do that now because I think, Ed and and Cindy, I think you guys would, would agree with me that, you know, I find it very, I've, how would I put this? I've lost jobs recently in, you know, something that I might've been wanting to further my career to someone that's 20, I'll be 55 in November. And I've lost jobs to somebody that's straight out of a PGM program right now. And they're 24 and they become the new uh, assistant instructor. And it's not an insult. Everybody has to learn somewhere. But I feel like I've become a better instructor and the instructor that I feel like I've become a great instructor with the experience, listening to Cindy Miller, listening to – I've gone and observed many, many instructors, and I think that's what made has made me a better instructor. So I think there's a lot of instructors out there that are young, these new up-and-coming instructors. Some of them are great but I think what makes a great instructor, in my opinion, is is experience. And I want to hear your answer to both of your answers to
0: that. Cindy, go ahead. Well, again, <laughs> this is really – it's almost like we're talking in a room by ourselves, right? But this is going to be on, on the uh, Internet forever. But I have – there are many people in Buffalo that teach golf that are not, don't have a certification of any kind. That just kind of said, "Oh, I'm a good player, so I'm going to teach golf and get paid, right?" Correct. Correct. Which, is, which is fine if if the student gets better. So, in my opinion, so for my whole life, I would never be willing to take a lesson from someone that I could beat. And that being said, when Alan qualified to play in the Masters the first time, he said to his dad, I have to fix my swing, and I want to find the best player in the world who's noted as a great teacher because I want them to have been where I want to go and have the experience. And I recently had a young girl locally whose dad reached out because I write articles for the Buffalo News. And Mm -hmm. they have never been in for a lesson, but they go everywhere around and just switched teachers a year ago. And he Mm -hmm. said to his wife, so I think we should, you know, I think we should reach out to Cindy because our daughter's having trouble scoring. And Mm -hmm. so I said, well, you know, you're aiming 40 yards right and you're pulling everything left and you're hitting it really far, but you're coming over the top, which is going to make you hit, you know, snipe hooks and make doubles and triples, which is what she's doing. So I helped her with that. And then I said, well, are you linear or nonlinear? Well, what's that? I said, well, hasn't your teacher shown you that? And then they reached out the other night and said she got fit for a driver. Can you look at her TrackMan numbers? And I said, well, when your teacher put her on TrackMan, what were her numbers? You don't need to ask me that because she's still taking lessons from the other person. You just want help with the mental game. And when I gave them the quote on the mental game, they were like, whoa, we didn't realize. I said, well, that would depend on what your goals are. Now, if she wants to play college golf and possibly play the tour, this is really important. So I think it's how we ask the questions. And I think it's definitely, you know, and I'm not going to fit everyone because I am really blunt and honest, whereas my (laughs) husbands more (laughs) soft-spoken. And he's way smarter than me, and he's a better player than me. But I think it all depends on what the student is looking for. And that's a very long-winded question or answer, but I just, I had to, that's my gut. I would never want to take a lesson from somebody I could be. I have to respect Mm -hmm. their ability to do what I want to do. I want to go learn from a CEO of a company rather than a professor at a community college. Sorry, but that's just the way I believe it's the same way when I took
3: a Zumba class and no offense or anything, but this lady was super heavy and she would, she had <laughs> rhythm, she had rhythm, but I just couldn't get motivated to lose weight when this instructor in the Zumba class was a little large. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: I get it. All right. I'm
1: going to, I'm going, to chime, yeah, I'm going to chime in here real quick because we're, we're almost out of time, but um, I, I agree with both of you. I don't really need to add a whole lot of this, but you know, I think for, for our amateurs out there, what you have to decide is do you want to become a better player or do you want to just become a range rat? Because a lot of times I see, and I've seen instructors do this, spend a lot of time teaching the students how to hit the ball and not en- enough about how to actually navigate around the golf course. And you've got to get out there and you've got to play more, You certainly have to practice. You have to work on areas of your game, no doubt. But you have to get out there and you actually have to play the game because it doesn't matter how good you can hit the ball in the range. If you can't take that skill level to the golf course and put it together, um, you're not going to score better. And I think, you know, just very quickly to what you were alluding to, Karen, earlier, you you know, flying off to all of these wonderful instructors, and I know they're all good, Um, but if you're coming away after spending three to $5,000, um, you know, confused and befuddled and, and every other adjective you want to add in there, um, then it's not a good experience. And I think, you know, the, the more difficult that we make this game, the more frustrated people become, I think, I believe in the old theory, kiss, keep it simple, stupid, I think that's the best methodology to to bring to the game. That's the only methodology really, in my opinion, to bring to the game is to keep it as simple as possible. Don't get over technical uh, and encourage your students to ask questions. If they're shy or unwilling to do it on their own, then you need to reach out and encourage them uh, to ask you questions um, because they, they do need to get the answers. And the only way they're going to do that is by asking questions. So prod them, poke them, Give them a cuff up the side of the head, as I'm sure Cindy would, uh, to get them to ask the question if need be. But whatever you've got to do, you've got to make sure your students engage. But um, we'll have to save this for, for another conversation. Karen, we'll definitely have you back because you always bring some great wisdom uh, to the program. And we want to thank you very much. But we've, we've got to go um, very quickly if you want to uh, take an opportunity to let the folks know how they can best reach out to you if they want to take a lesson or if they just want to connect with you.
3: I can be reached at Nicoletti Golf at gmail dot com or Nicoletti Golf at AOL dot com for my older people or I can be reached at area code five oh four eight one three seven six zero five and happy golfing and thank you both for having me again.
1: No problem. Thank kisses. you, Karen.
3: Hugs and kisses. Have a great day, y'all.
0: You too.
1: All right, that was a very special guest, Karen Nicoletti. Um Thank you, as always, and also thank you to Haley Harford for joining us a little bit earlier from the Symmetra Tour. Um, Some great advice. You guys had – it was a great conversation. I I actually enjoyed listening to it, Um, and uh, I think some definite words of wisdom for our uh, listeners out there, so hopefully they can uh, uh, take away some nuggets. And if you ended up uh, joining us a little bit later – Uh, not to worry the recorded version will be available after the show just go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf and you can listen to the show in its entirety on that note i'm ted and on behalf of cindy miller we want to thank you very much for joining us this morning on the women of golf and we'll see you next week god bless everybody thanks cindy bye chad Thanks for listening this morning to the Women of Golf Show. Tune in live each week by visiting blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or on any of these social media platforms iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Castbox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. If you can't join us live, check out our on demand section for previously aired broadcasts. To get updates for future shows and upcoming guests, you can follow us on Facebook at Women of Golf. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ted and Buck CEO and Cindy at Cindy Miller Golf. Please remember to join us next week on the Women of Golf Show. See you next time. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.